Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through Friday. On the Athletic Podcast Network. And welcome back. It's another edition of the Hoops Adjacent part of the Athletic NBA show. David Aldrich here in D.C. where we're trying to see if John Wall's getting traded. It's all good in L.A. with Waz because everybody loves the moves that the Lakers and the Clippers made, right, Waz? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know what's so crazy? I'm happy we got our guest on today because Nate was a little tepid on the the Lakers (laughs) offseason. I I, I peeped the pod and I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Nate not feeling the Lakers. Um, I I want to talk to him about that because I think I know what he was saying, but... I think it all depends on what you think of Marcus All. I think that's what it comes yeah. down to. Uh, frankly, I mean, all due respect to Montrezl Harrell, um, I, I think it's about Marcus All. If you like Marcus All, you think this is a pretty good offseason for them. Anyway, let's bring in Nate Duncan, the the longtime dunked on podcast, which is much li- must listening for any NBA fan um, who wants real. If you're serious info, about being an yeah, NBA fan, exactly, DA exactly. Because you can be a good fan. You know what I mean? I think Nate's yep. podcast is one for good fans. Because yep. I don't mind you making an argument as long as you have some facts behind you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and Nate provides the facts. Nate, welcome to the show, man. Appreciate you coming. Awesome. Great to be on here, guys. Let's get right into the Lakers thing, though. What, what, what did you not like? What did you think was okay? So I think they ultimately did improve themselves and they salvaged it with Gasol and that's one of the beauties of being the LA Lakers is you mm-hmm. e- even when you've hard capped yourself by signing Montrezl Harrell a player who probably doesn't really help you that much who's probably not closing games for you even when you've traded a first round pick for Dennis Schroeder another guy that they were really buying high on and has some defensive questions may or may not be in their closing lineup himself You've used up your two biggest bullets on those guys. Oh, because you're in LA and you're the Lakers, you can just get Marcus Ole for the minimum and you can salvage everything. That's kind of how I viewed their offseason. Yeah, I think for me, Nate, I, I looked at the center rotation of last year, which was Dwight Howard, um, JaVel McGee, and obviously AD when it was time to get serious. Yeah. Um, I think unquestionably, uh, that Montrez is better than JaVale McGee. And I think the difference between Howard and Marc Gasol is negligible. If anything, I might think um, Marc Gasol is a better fit because he can stretch the floor. Um, he gives you the same sort of interior defense. He's probably not as shifty as Dwight Howard, but I don't think Dwight Howard was all that shifty last year anyway. So I just look at it like their big man rotation has been upgraded. And I think Schroeder's way better than Rondo. I, I, I just do. I You know, I, Rondo was... he. He had a nice playoff run. There's no there's no taking that away from him. But I just think Schroeder's a better player than him. I agree with you 95% of the time. Uh, mm. But uh, your last point first. But Rajon Rondo was unbelievable in the playoffs. Yeah. I think 
much to perhaps all of our surprises that the yes, playoff Rondo was back <laughs> again at what age yeah. 34, age 35. Um, he shot the ball extremely well defensively. I thought, particularly in that Houston series, he really gave them a lot. He was another connector, moving the ball offensively. And so, Schroeder, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're trying to win games in the regular season, I feel the Hawks are going to be sorely disappointed by paying seven million a year to <laughs> Rondo over the next two years, hoping to get playoff Rondo. And you know, but regular season Rondo right. was kind of a replacement level of guy. But I think yeah. Rondo held up defensively. I don't know if Schroeder can hold up defensively. Like, we saw him try to guard James Harden in that OKC series and get rocked every single time. So, <laughs> so I mean, like, when you're talking about the regular season and a truncated regular season, Harrell, Schroeder, yeah, let him go on that second unit, run pick and roll the way Harrell used to with Lou Williams, and you really got something that'll be better in the regular season. When it really comes down to winning time, though, I would have preferred to focus on players who are really going to be a part of what they're doing at the end when, as you guys noted, AD at center is probably the way they want to go. The interesting thing to me about what the Lakers have done is that the team that won the NBA championship in in pretty convincing fashion, I think we would all agree they were pretty good, has completely discounted the bubble. They're just like, we don't give a damn about the bubble at all. We take nothing from it. Rondo, you can go. Danny Green, you can go. Dwight Howard, you can go. All the people that like balled out for them at various points in Orlando, they're just like, yeah, see you later. We're going to bring some more guys in. It's amazing to me. Like they just have completely like for, not forgotten. They've just made the decision that the, what happened in Orlando doesn't really pl- apply to them going forward. It's just interesting to me. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, I think there's something to be said for that approach because, as mentioned, Rondo, uh, you know, he had, what, four months off before coming into the bubble and then it was able to look pretty good after that hand injury. And Howard, he was on his absolute best behavior which he and and in unbelievable shape, which he hadn't been. So I do kind of understand not wanting to bet on two 34-year-olds repeating what they did in the bubble and Danny Green was pretty old also. So I think they did. I understand the approach of maybe wanting to try and get younger and more athletic and also take some of the pressure off of AD and LeBron. I think they did all those things. And they also got Wes Matthews who hopefully can duplicate what Danny Green gave them last year. They got him at a great price also. But yeah, again, I think I just, I agree with the strategy. I don't necessarily agree with the execution and, and particularly the Harold thing. I think the shooter thing, that's that's one where I think it's more defensible. Harold to me is just that seems like kind of more like a clutch of favor. He mm. didn't have any kind mm. of a market type of thing to me. You'd know better than I would uh, on that one, uh, D.A., but it, it seems like he didn't have any any market. He wanted to kind of stick very it. quick. Yeah, he, he went real quick. He was one of the early agreements over the weekend. So it seems it seems counterintuitive because you would think if somebody has a market, you'd have out, you know, you'd be able to sift through three or four offers. Um, you may be right. You may be right. Maybe the market for him wasn't as big as I thought it would be um, because he did sign yeah. very quickly with the Lakers. Well, we were thinking it was going to be Charlotte. That seemed like the only real. Well, they offered him more money, right? So I mean, that was yeah. at least what was reported. Um, I think Rick Bunnell reported that, who knows everything down in Charlotte with the Observer. He's very good. Um, 
and yeah, they offered him more money. Let me talk to you. Let's let's talk about Charlotte for a second because I I really want your take on this. I want both of your 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 thoughts on the on the Hayward signing. This is my this is what I think. I think Charlotte. Of course, it's an overpay. What else is Charlotte going to do to get good players down there? They're not. Nobody is going to go. There was no chance they would get anybody in the free agent class next year. None of the top guys. Zero chance. I think zero chance that they would get any of those guys. So they overpaid for a guy who's not quite as good as as those guys next year. But he's a pretty good player when he's healthy. And you're and you sign him for four. So I'm thinking you're hoping you get three good years out of him. To me. If I'm Charlotte, I don't know what else you can do. You guys tell me if I'm wrong, but that's that's how I saw it. Well, so, so let me ask you this, DA, and, and I, I disagree. I didn't, I didn't care for the move that much, but uh, how good are they now? Exactly. I think they are a marginal playoff team, and they would have been a – you could have been a marginal playoff team if you had signed, you know, three guys to fill that $30 million you're giving uh, Hayward. You know what I mean? Like – so let's say they let's say they signed um, you know I can't think of anybody off the top of my head but you know three okay players instead of one pretty good player they'd be no different so what's the diff what's the point what's the difference you know so I, I just don't think they're I think they're a marginal East playoff team but that's I don't know what else they can do what else can they do to get you know even good players it's very yeah. difficult. I just, for me, I, I don't know. Maybe it's Alonzo Ball. I mean, excuse me, a Mellow Ball, Lamelo Ball thing. Why they would think that a Westbrook deal is worse at his number for three years than this is at this mm-hmm. number for Hayward for four years. I, I just think Westbrook, as much as you know, I, I've been at the front of the line of critiquing his style of play. I just think he's way better than Gordon Hayward is like mm-hmm. he and not just that he's the kind of actual star right like he actually has proven to drive ratings to sell tickets like yeah. OKC has traditionally done well on TV they do well on the road like so even if you want to talk about the business and the sort of off-court stuff I think he's better than Hayward I just I don't know how you could watch Hayward's three years in Boston after specifically after that injury and think that he could be the driving force of competent offense. Like he, he himself will get you to competency. I don't, I, I just, and I'm somebody who was a huge fan of Gordon Hayward back in the Utah days. I just don't understand how this move makes, makes that much sense. Like I saw him opting out of 34 mil and I was like, yo, maybe he thinks he could get a deal in the $80 million range. Like <laughs> that's crazy, right? Like yeah. four years at 20 mil per, and then he gets 40 million more than that. I, I don't know, man, his, his agent, whoo. <laughs> that dude is earning his check now. Yeah, Mar- no Mark Bartlestein is uh, is an absolute yes. master. That the, we'll have to talk about the Plumley contract later too. But no, uh, please, now, now, now you're getting into the ones where I'm going, huh? <laughs> so this is my thought though on Charlotte. Why do you say, well, we're completely irrelevant, so let's get five percent more relevant? Like you're, you can't, you're multiplying by zero basically, right? <laughs> like, like, like you're so, so, and you said, yeah, this gets them to be a marginal playoff team. I, I may be a little lower on them than you. I think they're just, I mean, their defense is going to be absolutely atrocious and, you know, maybe they could get up to kind of an average <laughs> offense, but in terms of like the whole relevancy thing, you just got LaMelo ball 
who is this magic ball handler. You you lucked out that this guy fell to you at three in the draft. So why not just build up slowly around him? You said, how are they going to get good players? There's this thing called the NBA draft, which since time immemorial has been yep. this thing that's a, a shiny object for bad teams. So why would you want to try and be, you know, the number 11 or number 10 seed in the Eastern Conference and take yourself out of the Cade Cunningham sweepstakes, for example. I know they've changed the lottery odds a little bit, but still, you know, you can guarantee yourself a top five, top six pick. This is an an awesome draft. And ultimately, you're winning more games now to, you know, cutting off your nose to spite your face, and you're going to be worse three, four years from now when you've been paying Gordon Hayward $40 million rather than trying to maybe take on draft picks uh, with bad money. I mean, if you compare their strategy to what Oklahoma City has done, everyone is like, Oklahoma City is doing this unbelievable job. They basically are doing the exact opposite of what Oklahoma City is doing because they just lack the commitment to actually develop hmm. players. I mean, they basically had one bad year uh, – and then they're like, all right, we got to go all in on a 30-year-old that they're basically paying $40 million a year after stretching Batum as well. That's the other part of this that, oh, man. Th- that, yep. that I thought was pretty rough. Um, $9 million per extra. Yeah. Right. Just if that happens. Right it's get, not, it's a, not a – yeah, but we don't know – that, that's not set in stone that that's what's going to happen. There may still be other ways to okay. deal yeah. – get Batum off. But you're right. Look, it's look again, it's an overpay. I would just say give me the mid-level teams – that have consistently built and and maintained good teams through the draft. It's very hard. Yeah, well, it's because they give up. Hard. They give up too fast. Yeah. They get they get a year or two of pain, and it's like, oh, we we got to short circuit the process. We got to jump right back to chasing the eighth seed again. I mean, the, the if you look, they did this with Nicholas Batum, though. That's yeah. that's my thing, also. Like we already tried this. At, at least that with team the- won forty eight games, right? You're th- like right. you're at least keeping together a decent team. But like, okay, so Dia, this is this is my point. Right? You look at look at all the teams that have just been bad for probably te- the last ten years, right? Mm-hmm. And the common thread with all of those is that they tried to rebuild and then they short circuited that rebuilding process the that's Detroit the, Pistons that's the for 20 years right the, the the Detroit Pistons did that the Phoenix Suns did that the Kings have done that approximately 47 times where they'll just yo-yo back and forth from 25 wins to 38 wins and then oh new management comes in we got a mandate to rebuild and then oh no we got to Vivek says we get we got to go back Charlotte is another one all of the bad teams in the NBA the teams that have stayed bad that have been irrelevant for a decade or more the common thread is they don't actually commit to the rebuild i mean the Knicks are like that too they don't actually commit to the rebuild for more than a season or two and all of those teams have bad owners. Uh, your local Washington team is is kind of doing that right now too. Um, all these teams have bad owners who are like, we can't be irrelevant. We gotta we gotta make the playoffs. Ted Leonsis has to make the playoffs every year. If that's your goal, then you're putting a ceiling on your life as an eighth seed, maybe, and then you have to rebuild again, and then you have to get right back up to the eighth seed. It's just a terrible cycle. I would, right now, I would say you're probably right. 
and you're also probably not a billionaire who, who aren't known for their patience, <laughs> who, aren't, who, aren't, who don't sign off, or, you know, the shining example on the city on a hill, the Philadelphia 76ers, that lasted about three years. And they said, nah, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. Well, <laughs> you know, that's also, enough of that even after stuff. three years of that, right, like they really committed to that. I mean, they still have a 50-win team now because of what they did. Even even well, after they've completely screwed up everything mm-hmm. that Sam Hinkie left them, they still have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and they're going to be relevant for the next five, six years. Right, right. And good for them, but that's, you know, you have to hit twice. You know, like, and the odds of hitting twice are not that good. They really aren't. If you go back and look, who's really hit multiple times? Oklahoma City. They, they drafted three MVPs. Show me somebody else who's come even close to that over yeah. over the last 20 years taking the we're just going to build patiently through the draft and we're going to wait. We're not going to be in any, under any pretenses. We're not in any hurry and all that sort of thing. One team in the last but, 25 yeah, years. But they has also actually committed to it. that, though. But but my thing is my thing is I'm I'm sort of in the middle of you and Nate. Right. Like I'm somebody who's like, look. I'm not the person that was shitting all over what Memphis was doing during grit and grind. But guess what? They got to they got to 52, 53 wins. And they they were like, we're going to make that happen as long as we can. That's not the same as 42. It's just a huge gulf between that. What Utah is committed to doing, what Indiana Mm. even has committed to doing. It's not the same as what Charlotte and Washington have committed themselves to. It's not the same thing. No, no, no. How did Indiana get good? They traded for Victor Oladipo and Sabonis. They didn't draft them. They traded for them. <laughs> you know what no, I mean? I, but I'm not even so talking about that. I'm talking good. about the Eastern Conference teams, no, um, DA. Know, when they committed to those teams, they were up to 50-something wins. It I, wasn't I like, you. yo, let's financially strap ourselves That's to what I'm 40 saying. Wins It teams, didn't come bro. through the draft. The good team didn't come through the draft. It came through. They got lucky. Not lucky. They made a good trade that paid off. And credit to them, it paid off. Because I killed them when they traded Paul George for Oladipo and and uh, and Sabonis. I thought it was a ridiculous low value. Yeah. And they were right, and I was wrong. They got a good team out of that. Memphis. Hey, look, they drafted Conley. But what else did they do? They traded for Mark Gasol. Okay. <laughs> they traded for him. Yeah. But but they that also did, they, did. they were willing to acknowledge that it wasn't going to work out, that they weren't going to win a championship with Pau mm-hmm. Gasol, and they were willing to move him. What did Charlotte not do? They did not trade Kemba Walker in similar they circumstances they because they were chasing they the eighth seed. And they should have. And the Wizards should have traded Bradley Beal. I'm on record yeah. as saying this. Last year, I agree with you on that. When it's time to trade him, you got to trade him. Yeah. I agree with you on that. But they, de- but they definitely that- should have gave John Wall a supermax because I love John Wall. That's it, dude. Nah, so, all I'm saying is that in, in Charlotte's case, I don't think it's as easy as we're just going to build patiently through the draft in a football in a football state. You know, when we're we're fighting for every button the seat that we can get. We're just going we're just going to wait four or five years until we hit on one or two of these guys that get us up to fifty wins. It's just hard in some markets to do that. OKC is is a you know it's it's a it's a very small market. I think they have a little bit different story than a lot of other smaller markets um, where, you know, the Thunder. Yeah, they have a good honest, owner. There's not the a lot else going on in OKC right now from the pro standpoint. <laughs> so, you know, they have a little bit more runway than a lot of franchises that need to be relevant or if you want to say need to be winning uh, as much as they can. I just yeah. think it's 
I just think it's 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 not as easy as some people make it out to be. Oh, I and to I just agree. say, well, they're stupid because they overpaid. There's reasons why those types of teams overpay. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I completely agree with you that it's not easy because I mean that's why nobody is able to do it. But I think the teams that have good ownership are able to do it, right? Because I, I here's here's the difference, right? Like I completely agree with you. Like trying to rebuild through the draft, it really can take a long time. It really is scary. You don't know. I mean, that was that was the whole point of what Sam Hinkie said. Like, we need as many bites at the apple as we can get in the draft because I am acknowledging I can't determine who is the absolute best yeah. player. And, hey, you know what? Like, yeah, they drafted Joel and beat Ben Simmons. They also drafted Nerlens Noel and Jalil Okafor, right? Like, that's why you need to give yourself a, a number of chances. And uh, so... This so you're not yeah the strategy is not guaranteed to work I, I completely agree and also the more teams that pursue it the less effective it can be however that strategy is not guaranteed to work this strategy of oh man we can't be this bad in this market we we have to we have to be relevant we have to win 35 games that strategy is nearly guaranteed to fail so at least give yourself a chance. Is my thought. Yeah. And, and there's a reason why all of these teams that we're talking about who have done this over and over again, there's a reasons why we talk about Robert Sarver and regrettably Michael Jordan and James mm-hmm. Dolan and Glenn Taylor as the worst owners in basketball because they don't have the commitment and vision to look beyond one year. We got to be relevant in this market in a football state. I completely understand why they do it, but. If you want to actually be a good team and win 50 games for multiple seasons, which I think should be the goal for any team, it's not going to get you there. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Yeah, it's not the goal for every team, by the way. Yeah, well, and <laughs> that's another problem. <laughs> Let's get that that's straight. A, that's another not conversation for, for another day. Let's bring DA into the conversation here. Welcome to Who Comma is Jason on the Athletic Podcast Network. Turned it on and I heard Shaq with the barbs. It's like the most in his braggadocio. I was transported right back into it. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I think I rap better than Shaq. David, David Aldridge. Oh, he's totally playing. Him. Yes. <laughs> And then it got their lungs out in front of everybody on TV. Michael was not your friend. What's happening now? Bosnia Lembre. So the Chicago and Detroit stuff, that was real. That was real. I mean, God forbid we don't have scholarship money to can't pay for the charters for the water polo <laughs> in Iowa. Hoops adjacent. Welcome to Hoops Five, Four. We have ignition. Hello, Stay mellow, 
want to I want to talk about just kind of a, a general view of, of who you think the, has had you know the, the two or three teams with really done well in terms of their offseason uh, free agent moves and two or three that have struggled. I mean, I can't, I must be honest with you, I can't find a lot of A's if you're giving out grades. Yeah. Like, I'm looking around, and Some most teams... say Portland. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. What they did was fine. I, I have no problem yeah. with what they did. I, I think they I like got Portland. better defensively. Yeah. I, th- I like those moves. I like, you know, I think Covington's really going to help them. Um, you know, I don't mind what they did. It was it was good. It was good. Um, but I don't, I'm not blown away by much of what anybody has done. I guess with the possible exception of Atlanta, if they wind up with Bogdanovich, uh, I, you know, as we're taping this, we, we don't have final word on whether Sacramento is going to match the offer sheet. I do like what Atlanta has done, but is, are there other teams that you really like? And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Um, I think, it, I mean, we looked at this free agent market and everyone said for years and years that it wasn't that great of a free agent market. So it probably isn't a surprise that nobody has really been able to do anything earth shaking. The Bucks obviously blowing it with Bogdanovich in whatever form or fashion <laughs> that took. Uh, and maybe we'll never know exactly what happened That's there. I'm sure. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. I think we are. I think we already know, Nate. What, oh, what, what, what happened? What happened then? Tell me. Uh, I don't think we could do it on on this particular program, but I, I think we have an idea about what happened there. Um, I, I mean, I, I've heard I've heard several theories, any of which are, seem rather plausible to me. But uh, mm-hmm. and I've I've repeated all of them on my show. I don't know which one it is, but um, but yeah. but but so so if they'd gotten Bogdanovich, then I think maybe you could say them. Um, and yeah, other than, I think Dallas subtly has had a better Mm. off season given the constraints they they had wings. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, they did not want to take on money for 2021. They want to be in the honest sweepstakes. And so we'll see if Giannis signs is super max or not. It doesn't look like it's trending that way. Uh, but right. but if he does, then obviously it would be Miami or, or I'm sorry, my, Milwaukee, particularly because he also by waiting to sign, he also would have induced Miami and Toronto to competitors for Milwaukee to do less this year. Right. Which right. would actually right. be some solid like four dimensional chess there. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Portland, Dallas, I, honestly, I mean, if Clay Thompson hadn't torn his Achilles, you would say Golden State uh, looked right. Looks a lot better, but mm-hmm. uh, and I think they're actually going to be a little better than people think. They have a lot of depth I on this team. They did a pretty good salvage, yeah. considering you know you can't replace Clay Thompson, right? But yeah. I thought it was a pretty good salvage. I mean, I think they'll have to play different, right? But Ubre, I I think Ubre is going to help them. I really do. 
I think Kelly is a, is is what a kind of player that they haven't had since Iguodala left and since Livingston retired. Um, I think Wanamaker's pretty good. Um, you know, so yeah, I I like what they did. And and I gotta say about the Dallas Toronto Miami triumvirate when. Mm-hmm. Or if Giannis eventually plays out the season and doesn't sign the extension and puts himself in position for free agency and those guys set them up, set themselves up to be, you know, at the table when he ultimately decides what team he's going to choose. And they didn't make their teams materially worse this year. Obviously, I don't think any of them got much better this offseason, but they haven't gotten worse um, by that much, depending on how you feel about, I guess, Derek Jones and, you know, uh, the boss man or whatever we're calling them. (laughs) 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 Whatever we're calling Crowder these days. Uh, So, you you know, I I judge their offseasons pretty favorably favorably based on that. Yeah, yeah, I was, I I thought they joke. Okay, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't think they were awful. Uh, you know what I mean? I thought that, I thought a lot of teams were bees. I thought they were bees. Maybe you're right, Nate. I mean, it might have just been that that's what was available this year. Um, I, I I saw what you had said about the Knicks in free agency, and I completely agree with you. Very odd if you're gonna if you're really <laughs> you know what I mean. It's very odd if you're oh, it, we- building around this kid that you're surrounding him with guys that all have to have the ball and aren't really great shooters. You know, like it's just that it seems odd to me. Um, what are we missing or what are we missing on that? Are we talking about the Knicks now? Because I just got distracted by the news that just yes, broke. Yes, the Knicks, yeah. The, the news <laughs> well, that yeah, just, broke just broke that uh, the Heat are indeed going to extend Bam Adebayo. Yeah, I, yeah, I knew that was coming. Um, I heard that that was a likelihood that they were going to give him, if if not the max, close to the max. Um <laughs> Yeah. Well, so um, so that uh, that definitely limits. Well, let's see. So they're probably they're looking at probably about twenty nine million in space now for next year. Um, maybe they mm-hmm. give them a little bit less than the max to get to thirty three. Maybe it's it might not quite be the max. It'll be close. okay. Yeah. So so. But if Giannis decided he wanted to come, I think that the the brain trust over there to figure could figure out how to maneuver in such a way that they could create the extra space, right? Like they've been wizards with the cap in the past. So I you know, I wouldn't be shocked that they figured it out if that, you know, ended up being the case. Well maybe maybe they got word back from Greece that Giannis is yeah. is is, is, <laughs> is nah, going back. That that's why <laughs> that's why I I thought that was like a, a somewhat of a pregnant move here to that that might indicate because uh bam and Giannis have the same agent as well correct mm. that's true mm. yes that's true um that is true um but i had heard that a few days ago that that was what was likely to happen with Adebayo. so i don't know if they have like you said they may have word already on what what they think Giannis is going to do next year and this is what i i the, the Heat always seem to know, don't they? They, just always, <laughs> they always seem to have the intel that other teams can't seem to figure out. Yeah, you know, the, like it's it is amazing. The, they always um, seem to know that Anthony Carter's agent is just going to make a paperwork yeah. error, right? They just they just <laughs> somehow they have the foresight <laughs> to believe that that's going to happen. I, you, meant, you mentioned Toronto, and I really do like what what the Raptors did. I, you know, I, you know, Van Vliet is the big move up clearly there. But you know, I think Baines is a low key good pickup for them. You know, if you lose a Baca, you can't. It's hard to replace. 
Um, but I thought Baines was a good pickup for them. What did you think of what they did? Uh, I think as far as recovering, Ibaka put them in a little bit of a bind, as did Gasol, by waiting as long as they did, much mm-hmm. as Kawhi did last year. Uh, but, I mean, they got the best center remaining on the market at that time in Baines, and they always seem to be okay, don't they? Like they've mm-hmm. yep. and Gasol, I mean, I think he was kind of running down as far as what he was yeah. going to be able to do in the playoffs for them. He, he struggled a little bit in that Boston series, so I, right. I think they'll be okay. Again, they they elected not to go more than one year with these contracts, and they did about the best they were going to do once Gasol and Ibaka decided to leave. Yeah, so we are we're now at the at the point where I have no idea. Um, what's going to happen with Westbrook and with James Harden? Uh, I don't think I think they go into the season with both of them. I don't think the Wizards are going to do the trade for Wall. Um, they don't want to put draft attach draft picks to Wall's contract, um, which is what Houston's been holding out for. What what do we what do we make of what Houston could possibly be if they do start the season with those two guys and with the additions they made? Christian Wood's a good pickup. I think that you know he, he can help them. Um, where are we on, on Houston uh, going forward with a rookie head coach, a rookie GM? Um, just, it just seems like chaos, but on the court, could they be interesting? Well, the first thing that came to mind for me when you asked that was that, uh, a certain reporter you may be acquainted with, uh, reported last week that Tillman Fertitta remains, I believe the quote was hell bent on getting out of out of the luxury tax and they are in the luxury tax <laughs> right now and so if they want to get out that means either daniel house pj tucker or eric gordon are gonna have to go if they don't move one of westbrook or harden so there is a move coming here in theory because they're going to be pretty they're, they're going to be pretty close to the April. they probably got to shave off about four or five million to get out of uh, the luxury tax if yeah. they're going to continue here um yeah i'm not sure what this team looks like defensively that's my big question christian wood can't necessarily execute that swishing scheme that they've had in the past james harden is never going to get through a screen ever so Mm -hmm. maybe (laughs) maybe they'll go back to the scheme they had where it was We'll play conventional defense, except for every scream involving James Harden. We'll only switch those. Like they tried that in eighteen nineteen yeah. when they had Capella for a while. But I, I think their defense could be a problem. I think offensively, you know, Christian Wood might be an upgrade uh, on what they got from Robert Covington last mm-hmm. year. Um, and then there's also still just the issues with Daniel House and and the way he conducted himself in the bubble. And I think everyone there is pretty sick of him as a result of yeah. that. So that situation has to resolve. I, mean, I think there'll be a playoff team, but not a particularly good one as currently constructed. Um, and then Westbrook yeah. has to actually like get back to the player that he was for two months around January last year, rather than yep. the guy at the beginning or the end of last season. I so, will, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, Nate, I, I wanted to ask you because I'm, I'm kind of baffled by the idea that teams aren't just jumping in line to try to, get in the James Harden sweepstakes, right? Like, to me, he's a better player than Paul George ever was, Jimmy Butler ever was. Um, this is a clearly an MVP candidate every single year. He's got two two years left on his deal for sure. Why? Talk me out of Boston calling these people and saying, look, 
You can figure out which two of Smart, Brown, and Kemba you want. Couple of picks. Get James Harden in my building. He's the best player to come on the market since fucking AD. Like, why are teams <laughs> banging down Houston's door for this dude? Uh, I think there's a number of reasons for that. Number one is that Harden has said he wants to go to Brooklyn and only Brooklyn. So trading call his bluff. Tra- trading for yeah. him is not. Uh, number two, Houston, obviously, I mean, they've seen these packages. They saw Paul George. They saw even, hey, Drew Holiday who went for three first-rounders and, and two pick swaps. Um, yeah. And so I don't know that any team, if the guy doesn't want to be there, are you going to give up? that kind of a crazy package. Yeah, if it's if it turns into a Kawhi last year of his contract, no one else is making an offer, we'll throw you a lotto protected first rounder and a can you give us Danny Green two type of deal? Then yeah, that's then then I think we'd get more people in it. But Houston is uh they're willing to get uncomfortable as as it was said and so uh and then also where does James Harden go in the All-Star draft every year? You ever notice you ever notice that? <laughs> Not first? Is that what you're saying? Yes. So I don't think that other stars particularly want to play with him. Like if mm, you're Jason wow. Tatum, you know, you're kinda you're kind of building this slightly hard esque game yourself. You've got right. Jalen Brown. They had all these chemistry issues in eighteen nineteen. Harden has alienated basically every star that he's ever played with. And so James Harden doesn't fit a lot of places, right? If you really go through the, I think there's even questions about his fit in Brooklyn, frankly, but if you really go through the contenders, you know, who should, and particularly a contender, because the only reason that you are doing this move for James Harden at the current asking price is we think that we are, you know, one of the championship favorites. If we get this guy and, you know, yeah, Golden State would like. I mean, James Harden has a lot of baggage, right? Like, yeah, you could try to do Clay Thompson plus James Wiseman plus the Minnesota pick next year plus a bunch of future firsts to get James Harden. But Steph Curry doesn't want to play with James Harden. Golden State's fan base doesn't want James Harden, right? Like, there there are so many teams you could come up with that for. So maybe maybe that's underselling what James Harden could do. But I think. There's also a feeling that he has been so optimized and enabled in Houston that there are questions about whether he would be the same player somewhere else. Here's here's my thing, Nate, about Boston specifically, right? I remember every single freaking NBA writer worth their salt just sucking these guys up and down the internet for mm-hmm. having all these assets that they got from Brooklyn, right? And this is what they got, this team right here, which it's a nice team. Um, I don't know that their upside is anything so special to write home about what they, I, they, I definitely don't think their upside is better than Brooklyn, who they allegedly fleeced for those picks, right? Like, I, I don't understand why you see this team and you're just so in love and enamored of it. And again, you know, admittedly, I'm probably one of the people in the media who is least high on Jason Tatum. Like, I just, I, I, like, I get why people like him. It looks nice when he makes step backs from 19 feet. But, like, functionally, I don't know that he's ever going to be at the upper echelon of NBA players. Um, and so I look at this team and I'm like, why wouldn't I take a chance on James Harden and actually put myself in position to be a high upside team for once? What, what is your, your package to get James Harden? 
if you're the Celtics. I I I I put Tatum in there. <laughs> that's just that's yeah, just me. Never, the, the, I even I I'm I feel somewhat similarly about you to uh, on Tatum. I like him a little more, but that it's just it's never going to happen, and and I, no, I don't think it should. Yeah. Like, well, it's never going to yeah. happen because as a GM, it doesn't make your job safer to do it, but it makes your team better. Well, you've got opinion. you've got five more years at minimum of Jason Tatum versus two for Harden, and Hard, also here's another thing too. Like James Harden is 31. Like is he even? Yeah, he is. A little is bit I mean, is he even yeah, going to be know, a top ten player next year? Boston. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I do it. You know what? Now, again, you don't think talk- James Harden's a top ten player next year? Yeah, I, I said oh, he might be, I, he might not be. But when you consider mm. his defense and, and is or is he a top ten playoff player next year? Well, that's a hmm. different. That's a different hmm. argument. You know, you know who I would. We talked about this team before. <laughs> Charlotte. That's the kind of guy they should go get. <laughs> you know, you yeah. want to you want to draw fans. You want to be relevant. You know that sort of thing. Um, you know that third pick might have gotten you. Now you might love Lamella Ball. I, I will. I'll, I I want to see it. Um, if I think there's some places where it would be a good fit. Um, I'm not sure about Boston though. Was I, I kind of agree? It's not going to happen because that's yeah. never been their mo. It's better to be the team that's always yeah. on the verge of doing something yeah. that might actually matter. Like this it's is about better you, for this you. This is about you uh, getting mad. You, you're tired made, of Ainge always saying, "Oh, we had 73 annoying, trades ready DA. to go." It's annoying, <laughs> and they're living off of this OA championship 12 years later. Like, give me a break. I mean, they uh, never do anything. You, These teams never freaking matter. Uh, They've they've made the Eastern Conference Finals like what three of the last four years? Okay, they did that that year where they lost to that crappy ass Cavs team. I guess we could give they, them. Credit they should have. They should have been in the NBA Finals last year. They they pro, uh, people picked them to beat Miami. I picked and why them to beat didn't Miami. they win, Nate? I think that says something about this team. They weren't overly injured. They were who we. They were who they were supposed to be in that series, and they lost. Like, I don't understand what's so special about these guys. That's all I'm saying. Like, besides the fact that everybody thinks Danny Ainge is a fucking genius, which that's cool. Like, what? Like, do you see Boston and say, man, this is a damn team right here that's going to do something to people? Like, I don't think so. I wouldn't pick them against Brooklyn. I still wouldn't pick them against the Heat again. I I don't know. And maybe I'm just down on their young guys because I think out in the media, people love they're young guys. I just never have. I, I mean, you're talking about like 22 and 24 year olds who are like the two best players on on a team that's getting to the East Finals. Like that that's pretty good. Like I mean, weren't we just talking about how winning 55 games every year is like is pretty good? And yeah, you know, maybe they should have pushed all their chips in at one point or another. Although they did get Kyrie Irving and that didn't work out. I mean, to and to have them. And also, I think when you consider they were too. When you consider the guys that they have lost over the years and to still be an Eastern Conference contender and to be making the East Finals every year, even with all these guys that they've lost, I think that, that's pretty good. No, I'm well, not. Nate, I'm not saying it's not pretty good. I, I, I would never say that. It's just for me. I feel like your goal should definitely be trying to maximize your potential at the top end when you're this close. Right? Like, they are knocking on the door. How do they get to that next level? To, like, like I don't know on any planet that you would put them in the same echelon as the Lakers as presently constructed. Uh, you know? No, just, 
just well, probably not, but that's that's okay. I mean, look, I I, I think you're I think you could both be right on this. Um, I'm I, I hear what you're saying about their two guys, Waz. They haven't kind of dominated a playoffs yet, but they are young. Um, they are learning still. Um, the burn rate is substantial in terms of guys that have come through Boston and haven't gotten it to work for whatever reason. Um, oh, by the way, uh, five years, one hundred and sixty-three million for Bam. All right, so that's the according max according to Shams. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the max. Although it probably, I think maybe maybe where they uh, argued about it was the escalators in terms of uh, like making the Rose rule. Cause that would really, if he gets the 30% max by making an all NBA yeah. team, that would maybe take them out of the Giannis sweepstakes. But yeah, man, the math is going to be real tight in Miami right now to get a max guy um, because it's basically what you're stripping down to is basically Butler out cap holds for Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn and pressure Shachua. And that's it. So here, we'll, uh, you, you want to do some? We'll do some live math here. Some live spreadsheet, <laughs> yes, let's, spreadsheet let's math. <laughs> All right, and Duncan Robinson. Let's see. So, yeah. So they're gonna be. It's gonna be right up against it. Like they would not quite be able to offer Giannis the max. Maybe they would move on from Duncan Robinson as well. And then if they if they move on from him, yeah, they would they would just be able to offer. Giannis the max they also got five million bucks of Ryan Anderson stretched on, on their books which uh Ooh. which is not amazing so that's uh no. <laughs> it's uh it would be really tough he would have to take a little bit less than the max and hey LeBron and D Wade and Chris Bosh did that back in 2010 say. it's not like it hadn't happened before down there right yeah. <laughs> I mean and, and honestly like if guys really want to come there and Giannis is actually literally taking less than the max himself in an extension hmm. to help yep. out the bucks yeah. before right, right, so right, right, right. Uh, yeah, maybe this doesn't take them out of the sweepstakes. And I always wondered this, like for NBA, you probably know this better than the media, but like, there's just something about like, oh, the max, the max, the max. It's like, you know, did these guys, is it really taking like a million dollars less? Is that going to kill them? No, but it's I mean, I think some thing. people it's are, yeah, are just like, it's not I, about the I ain't number, taking a about... dollar less than I could get because I'm that good. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, all right. It's about the it's about the status of I got a max deal, you know. Yeah, and Giannis doesn't need that. He's probably the least status obsessed guy among superstars in the NBA. Yes, exactly, exactly. So um, let's uh, let's. I mean, I, well, we haven't talked about your favorite team, the Clippers. Was what do you think? <laughs> I, I, I actually like. Look, I, I really like the Bach. I think that's a great move for them. Look, it was getting bleak down there at the, at <laughs> I, the I didn't end. Think of, see, they the Clipper fans are all losing their minds over what the first day, and it wasn't that bad. Really. Well, but no, it's not just that. It's that Ibaka was linked to Brooklyn, the KD thing, all of that, yada yada yada, which I thought was interesting because of the DeAndre Jordan situation where clearly the two guys who seem to be the most influential over there are attached at the hip to DeAndre. So I didn't understand how the Serge Ibaka thing would work, but I think that was the chatter. And so people were worried for the Clippers, right? Like yeah. obviously Montrez left Jermichael Green signed um, in Denver. And it's like, okay, so what, what are they going to fill these, positional needs with and you know they finally got the Ibaka deal and I'm not gonna lie I was on record on this show last last year DA saying yeah. that the Clippers should be on the phone with Toronto 
about Ibaka last year to yeah. shore up their big man rotation just so he could be a guy who shores up your back line but won't be clogging up the paint like your other big men already do. <laughs> and so I, I love the fit last year. I still like it right now. Um, I'm somebody who's pretty bullish on the Clippers. I think they're going to be really freaking good again next year. Like, you know, there's sort of this perception because everybody killed them on the internet, Nate, that the Clippers sucked last year. And it's like, no, they were like really a really good team, a good point differential. Like when they, their highs last year were as high as anybody's highs. Obviously their lows were kind of embarrassing and they blew blew up a team. But like, I'm bullish on the Clippers. So obviously I love the move, you know? And I I do want to say, like Nate, I was somebody who wanted to see them play five out more, right? For whatever reason, Doc was just opposed to going small and being an all-offense, all-on-the-time unit and figuring it out on defense, being really switchable and leveraging the athleticism of some of your wings to help you on the back line. He just didn't never wanted to do that last year. I think you'll probably see them do more of that this year, especially with Teron Lou, you know? Yeah. They got the best center on the market. And and not yeah. only is it the best center, this isn't some post up schlub who's only going to be around the rim. Yep. Uh, he shoots the ball, he protects the rim, he can move his feet pretty well. I mean, basically, pretty much everything you could hope for. Except the the one thing I, he doesn't improve is they're not a great passing team. But mm-hmm. you know, as, as so, uh, this is kind of my takeaway to to wrap things up here. You know, we were talking earlier about how all right, who's which of these off seasons really wowed you? And I think. You know, the Lakers and Clippers both did some pretty good things. But I think it's really going to just come down to, again, which team's stars play the best, right? I think most of these teams have put themselves in position to where, all right, if LeBron and AD are better than Kawhi and Paul George, the Lakers are going to beat the Clippers or vice versa, right? So I think it's really going to come down to the stars this year more than it is some of these supporting pieces. Yeah, no, this is definitely, you know, the... The uh, who who's the uh, uh, Brian Dennehy type of free agency for the for the great supporting cast? You know, uh. it's not the star. <laughs> Call this Brian Dennehy free agency. Um, yeah, no, no, it's it's all certainly about next year. Um, I'll be very curious to see what what Houston does. I think they'll move PJ Tucker because he don't want to be there anymore, and it's it's easy to to do. Oh, let's do this before we get before we get let you go, Nate. I, I like. I really like Troy Weaver as a guy. Oh, um, I, I was going to ask I you about this. Yeah. I'm not sure what they're doing up there. I just, I'm just, I'm just not sure. I'm not saying it's all bad. I don't think it's easy to pile on and say they have a hundred centers. I know that, but um, I'm not. Well, they're down to 99 sure after the Tony Bradley trade. Right, 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 right. So um, you tell me, what do you see? So, the Jeremy Grant thing, you know, paying him $20 million a year, that one didn't make that much sense to me. Again, I, I think this was a team that had signaled they were rebuilding. They had the $30 million in cap space. You just drafted Killian Hayes as a point guard. Blake Griffin is kind of on his last legs, and I think they, they needed to commit to a rebuild. And it signaled they were going that way, and then their moves really went away from that. I mean, I think the Grant one, he's still 26. That to me is defensible. But what killed me was they could have done that and retained Christian Wood at basically the same amount that he got another young center, 24 years old. It's not right. It's not like he got 80 million, right? You know what I mean? (laughs) So so if you just retain Christian Wood, 
You sign Jeremy Grant, you get get more athletic, and that's your offseason, your draft picks. You can kind of you still got these younger right. guys you're developing. You're not gonna be awful, but you can and, right. and hey, maybe if Blake Griffin and Derek Rose work out this year, you could be, be in the mix a little bit, or maybe even then move those guys for some more value. Yeah. But yeah. basically what they ended up doing though was they stretched Dwayne Dedman and Zaire Smith, who they ended up acquiring, so that they could bring in Plumley, And that's the move that really, that, <laughs> that just doesn't make any I sense just, to me it, at all. That makes, I, that's the one of everything that happened this week. That's the little one that I literally just am scratching my head going, why? <laughs> why? Like, even if you like him as a player, I mean, but. Why? Wait, so hold he- on, DA. You don't think Denver's fourth and seventh or eighth best players are worth thirty million dollars a year? That's I can, crazy. I can understand. <laughs> I can understand Jeremy Grant. Like I like Jeremy Grant. I like him at fifteen, not at twenty. But I can understand you saying, "Hey, you know, this is a guy that's that's got some bounce to him. You know, he's played pretty well in in the in the postseason the last couple of years." Um, you know, okay, that's fine. You, you, again, it's an overpay. Like Hayward's an overpay, but again, who are they getting, right? So, um, but the Plumley one is just, I just have no words for that one. That just does not make any sense to me, given the alternatives that they had and they already had in house, you know, like they already had those alternatives, you know? Um, and, I, I just don't, that one I don't get at yeah. all. 30 year old Mason Plumley, when you throw in the stretch of Deadman with 13 million guaranteed there, basically yeah. is getting the same contract that of Christian Wood. Yeah. And, and I mean, the, yeah. like maybe they just, maybe Christian Wood just like, they're like, yeah, he's putting up stats that we just hate having him around. I mean, that that's the only explanation I can come up with for them not wanting to retain him. Um, you know, I haven't tried to run down exactly why it was that he ended up going to Houston instead, but yeah. that was uh, very surprising. Well, you never to me. know. Some guy might have said, I'm never coming back here. No matter what you offer me, I'm not yeah. coming back. So, oh, that happens. It does happen. Yeah, you know, we you fall into know. that trap, right? Of like, oh, well, hey, they could have offered him $1 more and then he would have stayed. Like, you right. know, people don't work that <laughs> right. way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It is the Dunked On Podcast, the great Nate Duncan. It is must-listening. You must tune in. You find it everywhere. I'm sure that you find our podcast. So give us both five-star reviews and make us both happy. And and don't cheap out either. Get that premium because Nate is giving y'all some good work. Don't cheap out. Get the premium account, y'all. It's well worth the money. Exactly. Exactly. Pay pay the man. Pay that man his money, as they said in uh, Rounders. Nate, man, stay safe. Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to you, too, Waz. Hope you're able to spend some time with the family. Everybody stay safe. Wear a damn mask. Stay away from people that you love and people that you don't love because it's not about you. Later. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, 
has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.